0: We're here. Give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Let's
1: have a good time. If you're gonna bring back the Las Vegas franchise, it has to be Outlaws. They had one of the sweetest looking logos on the helmet.
0: Cause I'm ready to go mother of God. Especially when you have a shirtless Rodney Dangerfield. God bless Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace, but put on a shirt, man. Don't nobody want to see that. When you put that on right now. You'll be headline news on Fox News. One, two, this One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football.
1: gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the extreme football podcast i am your host j dash and we welcome you again to another episode this time the dog days of spring well not for the guys up north you guys are dealing with some harsh weather a lot of baseball games (sighs) being canceled and postponed uh, because of the weather Uh, and besides from that that's about it from the realm of our XFL, because there is, again, no XFL news, but no further ado. Can't do this show without my co-host, the Wrestling Movie Guy. How you doing, buddy?
0: Hey. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the podcast here that flows like a butterfly, but talks like a bee. Nice to see you guys again. Oh, man, we need more XFL news. It's like, yeah, it's like we're right in the middle of the desert again. I got this glass of water next to me, but yet, you know, don't have much to talk about, except maybe Steve Spurrier, perhaps.
1: Well, as everyone should know, this past week or the last two weeks, the uh, Alliance announced the new city of Orlando to be its first inaugural City for their league slash first franchise, kind of odd because the XFL's first franchise was Orlando. Uh, kind of interesting there, but if you want to know, that's I still have my conspiracy theory. But then the alliance went on to hire a former head coach of the United States Football League, the Tampa Bay Bandits, a two-time National champion in college football, and he did about nothing in Washington. Well, we'll, we'll get to that because um, my co-host is a Redskins fan, but Steve Spurrier is uh, the first official head coach of the Alliance, uh, and kind of interesting is that me, and my co-host, will have two different opinions on this guy, and for myself. I am a, you know, Florida State University fan, so I butt heads with Steve Spurrier multiple times in my football fanhood. And also, you got to admit, Spurrier was a good collegiate coach. He didn't do a dang thing in any professional sport that he's been coaching in. That's because of the Bandits or the Redskins. Therefore, let's dig in deep into this. Steve Spurrier situation, a situation in my opinion, just for some odd reason, I still think we're getting massively played here, but Spurrier is, you know, a University of Florida grad, he's a Heisman Trophy winner for the University of Florida, Gainesville is literally 45 minutes north of Orlando, maybe an hour, depending on traffic, depending on what day you are, depending if you want to stop it at Starbucks for coffee. But about an hour from Gainesville, <laughs> um, it's a this is honestly is massive props to the Alliance because you get Steve Spurrier, you get a massive name from the state of Florida. That means that they do put a, the, the franchise in Orlando. Is in Orlando, it's it's done. Now you're gonna get every single Florida Gator fan who wants to go see former Gators go run down and score touchdowns, like Mick Huber says, oh my, go Gators, to go down Bad to fun Orlando. and good.
0: Fun um, and good. So,
1: pretty much, if you want to get excited for all old, old country football up in Orlando and the old Florida Gator players, you may want to call him Tebow because he is swinging at everything that's thrown at him in his minor league debut. For instance, what put a smile on my face, a little cross-check on this, is Drew Pomerantz, a... Boston Red Sox pitcher, who is coming back from a rehab start, faced grew, uh, faced Tim Tebow three times and is a minor league affiliate and struck his ass out three times. So, Tim Tebow, you need to go back to the sport that you're good at. Get away from baseball. But anyways, I can't attack Spurrier because of my rivalry with Spurrier. I don't have no personal vendetta against the guy, but I just – you know. This Alliance football team is really starting to shape up to be like the Florida Gators who didn't make the NFL. Oh my type of team. So hey, I can't you know, I can't I can't I can't hate on it. I just like I can mock the guy. I can I'm not mocking Steve Spurrier. I'm mocking Mick Hubert, one of the worst play by play college football analysts you ever listened to. If you have time, fans listen to YouTube, uh Florida Gator play by play, Mick Hubert. This guy gets excited. For simplest things. For instance, earlier this year, as you know, Florida wasn't really good in football this year. Of course, Florida State wasn't as, either. So I'm not going to really bash Florida State or Florida because we both stink. Um, this guy got excited. I forgot who the running back was. I think it was Gillislee or something like that. Or I don't know who the running back at the time. And he was like, oh my, what a big run from them. His gain of three yards. What? <laughs> he did all of that for three yards? Dude, you're losing the game by 17. That ain't going to do a damn thing. But anyways, I digress. Now, before I start, you know, insulting a lot of Gator fans in here, I really apologize. But that's what starts to look like what's happening down in Orlando. It's more of a campaign to get fans to get attracted to the team because it's Spurrier And it's located in Florida, which is very close to the University of Florida. And two, he has some pedigree and coaching. And three, he does have a good offensive mind for non-professional sports. This move is interesting, but you could tell it's a business move. What do you think, my friend?
0: Uh, I think it's kind of strange. I mean, I know that he's a big name, but I feel like maybe you could have gotten somebody a little bigger. But at the same time, like this is supposed to be like a minor league system for the NFL, and he is in his 70s. So I guess in a way this is kind of the perfect fit, but you may say you have no vendetta against him. I got a little bit of one because this dude was such a lazy, laxadaisical coach when he it was with the Washington Redskins. That's how I knew him. I mean of course, you know you know, I saw the the fun and gun, the Gators are doing great and when he came to Washington, I was we were all excited. The visor's coming all right, you know. Great fun. He's a he's a good talker. All right, let, let's bring him forward. this is the guy. And he was not the guy. He just he lets so many things slide. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize when it comes to his professional record, not just as a coach but as a player, it's equally as bad. He was actually drafted by the San Francisco Forty ers in the first round. He was supposed to be like a big time quarterback for them, but the same thing that they said when he was in Washington, he was lazy. He didn't want to put in the work to really learn. And he actually became a better punter than he was a quarterback. You know, George Bland could kick a ball like 53 yards. That was excellent. But he could also really chuck that ball. So Steve Spurrier was a failure in the NFL before he even set foot as, as a coach. So he stunk here in Washington. And what concerns me is that every time that he's gotten into professional football, he has, for lack of a better word, been a failure. Uh, he just has never put in enough time on it. And on top of that, right now, apparently, he's still going to be affiliated with Florida in capacity, like uh, kind of ambassador or something. But he's going to have a lot of say. And what goes on over there? So you're telling me that this guy is not only going to be the head coach of a semi-professional football team, which is going to get a lot of attention just days after the Super Bowl, but he's also going to still have his fingerprints in college ball. Uh, that's a lot to ask of a dude that's like 73 years old. That's why it comes to it comes across to me as very strange. I'm not too familiar with uh, how well he did in the, uh, in the U.S. Uh, sorry, the UFL. I can't remember what his record was. Uh, You could probably fill those blanks for me, but I just think it's a a rather strange choice. If I had my way, would have gone after the tuna, you know? um, Good Lord. Why am I thinking uh, Don Shula all of a sudden? He would be a great pick, but he's like 94 years old. Um, Good Lord. This is why you lift all them weights. Why is his name popping out of my head? Bill Parcells. There it is. Bill Parcells. Like that, if he was still, you know, a little bit younger, I would have gone after him, but I guess they were limited. And what could be a big enough name to bring in, but at the same time arrested in going back to the NFL or the XFL for that fact matter. But how well did he do in the uh, in the UFL?
1: In USFL, not the UFL.
0: Oh my bad, I thought you were saying who's in the UFL. I was like USFL. No, the Tampa the Bay USFL. The, oh the my Tampa god, the Tampa Bay yeah. Bandits. Oh no. The kidding. Tampa Bay
1: Bandits were in the USFL and they were. Uh, how can I say this? For the, if you watch the YouTube clips of the old uh, Tampa Bay Bandits, you you find like you know Steve Spurrier was the head coach. They won a division title uh, under him. Um, like there was some there. I don't know how prominent you could say. You know Gary Anderson was there. Danny Bugs was there, and John Revis was players um these these were you know at the time these were the lower grade professional players and uh in in football uh, but Gary like Gary Sanders had a you know played in the NFL he was the uh, 20th pick in the NFL played in the NFL for 6 years didn't really do anything then went to the Tampa Bay bads bads in my opinion at the time let's see i'm currently looking at their this is the Tampa Bay Band's three years of existence in uh, in professional football, thirty five and twenty one total. So when they won they won pretty decently, but they lost in the quarterfinals of every postseason they went to. Uh, so pretty much good good seasons, but once you get into the uh, playoffs, they became irrelevant. But when you look I at the. You can, you can can
0: say the owner is what I remember most about the bandits because of watching that documentary. And I kind of feel like the owner had a lot more to do with it than probably Spurrier did. Like he was able to corral him, actually get him motivated to do what he needed to do. It was Dan Snyder's fault as well. But what I was saying earlier. Your coach is only as good as your owner. Sometimes I think that might have been the case, but I digress. My bad, I interrupted you there. <laughs> I just want to get that out before well, I slipped out of my head. <laughs> well, you can get it out anyways. Anyways,
1: but you, you could you do the comparison. The reason why I think Spurrier took more pride into the bandage job is because he is coming back from his NFL career. Didn't do a big. Didn't do uh, anything. Impressive, so he wanted to you know make his name again. Then he got a coaching Mm -hmm. job at Duke, to be the Duke's football coach. Then he went up to Florida. So his motivation there was to get back into good graces, so he can you know go to bigger or bigger better jobs, in which he did. Uh, I'm not down on the guy's coaching ability. This guy brought an explosive type of offensive attack in college football that was never seen in decades until so that's like, how can I say It's like the Oregon Ducks offense when Marcus Mariota, that type of offense, like when that thing is purring, it is hard to beat Oregon. When Florida Gators done. offense was first introduced with Spurrier's fun and gun, when that offense was purring, you were not going to beat Florida in the swamp. I don't care if you were – the Miami Hurricanes, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Tennessee Volunteers, the Florida State Seminoles, um, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and you could have had some of the best defenses in the country. Spurrier knew how to get that offense up and going. He coached the likes of Danny Werfel, uh, Tim, um, no, not Tim Tebow, uh, Fred Taylor, Emmett Smith, Shane Matthews, Shane Matthews uh, Jesse Palmer, uh, Willie Jackson, uh, And the list goes on. There are so many great players that he coached in college that turned out to be some damn good NFL players. Hence, Uh, the guy who has the most rushing yards in the National Football League was coached by Steve Spurrier.
0: uh, I kind of got to poke a little bit at that because when he came to Washington – Oh, my God, dude. Like, he tried to turn the Redskins into the Gators. There were so many players that he brought, including Danny Warfel and Shane Matthews. Uh, it, it, he he would take players that just weren't, in my opinion, and the record shows just weren't good enough to be on With the Mark NFL Burnell, roster. Was Mark Brunel a quarterback at the time? Um, no, Mark Brunel came in, I believe. Uh, Joe Gibbs, yeah, he traded for him. So he came in around 2003, 2004. And Spurrier was fired in 03 in a really, really weird press conference because the Redskins had announced that he had resigned. And then he shows up at the final press conference and said, I did not resign, but I'm not staying. It was just really weird. Just speaks volume about the dysfunctionality of the Redskins. It's, you know, maybe, maybe if Spurrier went to another team, like even the Arizona Cardinals, like maybe he would have done better. <laughs> the Bidwells Wills are not the greatest owners either, but. They've been more than the Snyder has his entire ownership. Uh, now, he, he is a great college coach. I, can, I will never talk trash about that. I haven't even talked about what he did with the, uh, with the Gamecocks in South Carolina. Uh, a good friend of mine growing up, uh, she went to, to college, and of course she went to South Carolina and became a huge Spurrier fan. Uh, there's there's a lot of love out there in Gamecock Nation for Steve Spurrier, and if you guys think I just dislike him completely because of the Redskins, yeah, a little bit. But was he a great college coach? Hell yeah! I will never talk trash about what he did. And you're right, he did change the game. The college ball was crazy. I, you know, there were all these highlights, and they're putting like Star Wars effects in them. <laughs> the guy was a revelation. But when it when it comes to professional football, I just I don't trust him. I don't trust him to fully get into it, like push himself. A lot of the times, again, with the Redskins, he he allowed phone calls in the middle of meetings. If you're a late, if you're over or Oh, yeah, no worries. I got to get out of here because I want to go play golf. And that's actually what he would talk about on the field is golfing in Ireland and whatnot. It's like, man, talk football. Get you guys worked up. Otherwise, you're going to get fired in two years, and that's exactly what happened. Hopefully hopefully he can flip the script and prove me wrong and a lot of other doubters. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's doubting him right now, but uh, he, he's got a new opportunity and I hope that he makes the most of it. Hmm. You have to look at how he is a,
1: what can I say? He's a great recruiter. And with the base, basic construction or, the image that the Alliance wants to be, they want to get a bunch of players like who play in these little indoor football leagues and arena leagues to play in this spring league for 12 weeks, then trying to get back to the NFL. And one thing that Spurrier is good at is recruiting
0: these players. So He is a great recruiter. I mean, how could you not be? He's a great talker. Hell yeah! I'm saying all this, and I'm sure that if he walked up to me, I would, I would, I would love him. <laughs> well,
1: I guarantee a lot of people are like that. You can like hate the guy so much, and once you meet the guy, you're like, ah, oh, that's cool. That's like I have. used to, for example, I used to hate, despise, couldn't stand Michael Jordan. Since he's left the game, I wish Michael Jordan was still playing. That's how much hatred I have for the guy that I respect him so damn much. Spurrier I hated for years because he kept beating Florida State or vice versa. Actually, Florida State had a winning record against him over the 15-year period. But... It was back and forth. It was back and forth, but you really just wanted to sweep the guy. but It couldn't happen because the athletes that both Florida State and Florida had at the time. It's He's a great recruiter. He's going to get the right people to build that club slash franchise, and I look at this as more of a public display to the people in Orlando because Orlando is known, mostly known as a Florida Gator territorial city because it's close to University of Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's a good selling point to sell tickets to get people into the stadium. And I could see that was a good move. That's like if, let's say, um, they put a, they last put a team in Oklahoma, like Tulsa or you know, uh, Norman or Starks or not Statesville, and they hire Bob Stoops as a coach. Hmm. You're trying hit, you're trying to get that region, and you get people that are familiar for that region. And you're gonna get players who you'll come back and try to relive the glory old days, and you'll find that that those simple keys will sell tickets. As the process that we're discussing this, uh, my co-host is currently getting barked out by his dogs.
0: I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. There's these damn dogs next door. You know, <laughs> they they bark at anything. They but they they. They go back in after a while. Not long, thank God. (laughs) The neighbors take pity on us because they know that these dogs are really annoying. Uh, But anyway, it it is a great marketing uh, strategy. It's perfect because it automatically gives you a connection to a team you haven't even seen play yet. That is a really good idea. If I had a choice for, like, Denver, I think the dream choice would probably either be uh, Dan Reeves or Mike Shanahan. Uh, I don't know what Shanahan's up to these days. I think he's just enjoying the paychecks that he got off the Redskins. It always goes back to the Redskins here somehow. I'm not even trying to make it that way. I'm trying to go out to Colorado and yet, well, Mike Shanahan, connect to the Redskins. Might <laughs> as well start talking about Champ Bailey and Clinton Portis now. But, I, hmm. I, you know, that that is a really good idea. Um, it makes you wonder if they're going to do that for every city. How would it be to get the, that kind of person that you want in there?
1: I think you can try to do it for every city, but you may go into some territories where the name itself of the individual may not sell as
0: much as it did like it did in the past. That's exactly what I was thinking, because like a lot of these cats that uh, have a lot of love, like say if you wanted in Dallas to bring out Roger Staubach, uh, well, he's... He's way past his prime. you know. He wouldn't be able to do it, I feel like. And the younger you know, generation uh, have no clue who he is. Which is very sad. Even I hate yeah. the Cowboys, but you got to respect Roger Staubach. He's captain comeback as many times as he burned us on Monday Night Football. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even alive it, then. And it's still alive.
1: I look at it this way. <laughs> like Bob Stoops is a pretty recent name within the last five years. Crap, he was the head coach of Oklahoma two years ago. Spurrier Mm -hmm. is always in the news down here. He's always – he's the face of a university and will always be a face of a university. You just don't want to go like put a team in, for instance, uh, Los Angeles, okay? And you hire a coach in
0: L.A., let's say – John Madden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. To be closer to Oakland, you know, I mean, Oakland, LA has that connection. John Madden won't coach. I don't even.
1: I don't, haven't even heard anything about John Madden over years. Oh, I'm just saying theoretically, not well, not in kind a of
0: serious reality. No, just theoretically, like that's no, just theoretically,
1: John Madden would sell tickets because people would think of Madden.
0: Mm-hmm. But but take like, away the video games, even just yeah, with his lore.
1: Yeah, but right now you go John, uh, oh, LA. Put a team in L.A. and go. Oh, here's the new Alliance football team, and the head coach of this team is oh, Derek Kelly. He's a former Oakland Raider. Okay. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> you know, Kobe Bryant is the new head coach. It's like that may sell if it's he's like a basketball team, but
0: a lot, or, of, these, Falls a lot of these, Wayne lot actually, I think would be perfect. Yeah. Because he's like he he actually you that Madden was the one that won all those Super Bowls, you know, with like Marcus Allen, but no, that was Wayne Font's people. A little bit of trivia for you.
1: But basically, we do know that the Alliance hired their first coach, has their first team, basically has a lot of XFL stuff built into it, and still we've heard nothing from Vince McMahon.
0: It is frustrating. It is frustrating. I don't know why he's not doing anything. Why is he not saying anything? I I know that we talked about take things slow, but that XFL, that earlier incarnation, didn't have another league coming out a year earlier. They didn't have that dog nipping at their heels. He kind of has to do something. Unfortunately, the NFL has backed him into a corner. What he does... Who knows? It could be a public relations nightmare. I doubt it. I think he'll try to take it as chill as he can, but what is he even going to say? I wouldn't know what he's going do with the script. You broke up on that. I didn't hear what you ended on. Oh, not what I was saying. Man, the connection today, it's a little funky. We apologize, guys. A little bit of rain going on. Good stuff. Uh, what we were saying is... Oh, sorry. What I was saying is that uh, what Vince says in retaliation to everything that's going on with the uh, AAF, you wouldn't even know where to begin. You wouldn't even know where to start. I would feel bad for his publicist that has to write the script and and try to figure out what to say because they didn't have direct competition like this when they first started the XFL in 2001. It was just the XFL. It didn't have another league coming out a year earlier. So this is a tough spot. The NFL is going is basically forcing Vince's hand. It's just a matter of time before he says something.
1: Well, eventually he is going to have to say something, or maybe Mr. Vince is behind this whole thing.
0: Hmm? That is true. There comes in first Good to know right that.
1: So. We have reached the halfway point of our show today, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, as usual, there is really no freaking news in the XFL, but we'll try to give it as best as we can when stuff breaks. But here's this week's hot take uh, by Wrestling Movie Guy. When we come back, we'll discuss other things outside of the XFL. For instance, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. if you decide to join the program with text, messages, calling, we'll answer your questions and then get on to any other subject. Um, Besides from that, here is this week's extreme hot takes
0: by the Wrestling Movie Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, it feels so good to be back for this week's new unfiltered, uncensored extreme hot take on XF Podcast. Now since there is no big XFL news out there, and we have already covered the AAF's first head coach, Steve Spurrier already, what else can I talk about? Well, like I said last week, this segment is constantly evolving every week. Why not talk about a film series while we wait for Vinnie Mack to make a new announcement? So, I'm gonna talk about the DC Extended Universe and how Warner Brothers, not Zack Snyder, is to blame for the problems in the DCEU. I must first get this out of the way. I am a fan of the DCEU films, but they are not without their flaws. First of all, Warner Brothers has had a terrible reputation as of late for being a micromanaging film company. When the Dark Knight trilogy was made by Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers was for the most part hands off, and they allowed their artist to do what he does, make his art. And it worked, as the Dark Knight Trilogy went on to make over a billion dollars at the box office and receive critical acclaim. So, so far, so good. After the series ended, Warner Brothers decided the time had come to make a cinematic universe to take on Marvel. They tried first, with Green Lantern and Ryan Reynolds, but that film failed miserably, and that universe was canceled right away. The next move seemed like a Nolan move like before. They hired an artist who, when given freedom, can create a great film, Zack Snyder. W.E. gave him the keys to the kingdom, and things started off well with the release of Man of Steel. Then came Batman vs. Superman. After the success of Man of Steel, Warner Brothers had grown overconfident that they could control Snyder and micromanage the film any way that they wanted by giving away the film's twists and terrible advertisements and teasers and cutting pivotal scenes to get the film down to two and a half hours from the full three hour runtime, thus making a muddled product that was disliked by many filmgoers. The film was restored on Blu ray and fans could see what WB did to the film. They crippled it right out of the gate. Warner Brothers somehow managed to make Wonder Woman a success thanks impartially to Patty Jenkins, the director. But again, they fell right back into bad habits with Justice League, again directed by Zack Snyder. Justice League finished filming in October 2016 and things seemed to be moving along just fine and on schedule until Warner Brothers saw the nearly finished product and felt that the film was unwatchable. But they couldn't think of a way to get out of bed with Snyder. Until March 12, 2017, when the tragic news that Zack Snyder's daughter had committed suicide came out. One week later, it was reported that Snyder was taking himself out of the post-production to be with his family. This, though, turned out not to be true. Snyder was indeed fired by Warner Brothers and used the death as a cover for dumping Zack and replaced him with Joss Whedon for two months of reshoots. This resulted in a film that could have been considered enjoyable by some, but many felt was disjointed and didn't match the visions of things to come that were previewed in Batman vs. Superman. Justice League failed to break even at the box office, and the DCEU is now on life support thanks to the mess that Warner Bros. has made. Will WB learn from their mistakes? Perhaps, since after Justice League bombed, many of the previous producers have been moved on to other projects. Maybe this is the real first sign of change that can provide hope for DC fans. I know that was a lot to take in, but I hope that I have helped you filmgoers, have a better idea of why DC has not been able to catch up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and why Warner Brothers needs to just let their directors do their job and release the film as the director sees fit. That's what being an artist and a filmmaker is all about. Phew! Alright you guys, what did you think of this week's rent? I know, I know! Where is the football? Where's the football? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is, when more news comes out, I will most definitely be talking about it on here. But that is all for today. Until next time, let me know if there is something that you want me to talk about by DMing me at at WrestlingMovieG or at podcast. As you can see, we talk about a lot of different things here on Extreme Hot Sig. so let me know what you guys think. And with that said, let's get the show back on the road. Back to you, J-Dash.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Extreme Football Podcast. I'm your host Jay Dash, and of course, we just discussed about Steve Spurrier and the news of the Alliance Football League. But seeing that all the XFL news is done, uh, let's get to the inf- interesting stuff uh, that we sports fans love. We got keep we got keep you informed, of course. Uh, we do know that the NBA, yeah, the NBA playoffs and the National Hockey League playoffs are completely underway, and I get a text message from a person saying... Oh, my
0: God. Yay. <laughs>
1: well, my buddy just said, just tuned into your broadcast, and dude, you're breaking up every five seconds. That's Albert. That's Albert, Hans, man. We can't do it. That's inter- that's either internet connection on my end or internet connection on, on my co- co-host saying
0: we have no control be. over it. Well, I know that the weather's a little crummy out here. It's like all the trees are swaying in the wind, so I'm sure that that has something to do with it. not a whole lot we can do about it, considering I'm in Virginia and you're all the way, you know, I'm in the DMV, man, and you're all the way down in Florida. Makes it tough. Yeah,
1: but hey, some nights it's perfect, and sometimes it's just not. But we'll battle through it. We always do. Well, of course, let's get into the NBA talk. As I know, the NBA playoffs are currently going on. Game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz are currently going on. Utah is currently having a six-point lead at the moment that is in Oklahoma City. We do know how the crowd in Oklahoma City is. They're considered one of the loudest fan bases in the nation. But Well-deserved. with six... The playoff series have been completed so far in the NBA playoffs, all game ones, of course. Um, the Washington Wizards fall to the Toronto Raptors. Heartbreaking <sighs> for my uh, co host, but you kind of expect
0: Toronto to win we game one. We got ripped one. off. No, we oh. got ripped off. That flag on my was It completely changed the game. 10 minutes left. We're up by three. And all of a sudden, within like 20 seconds, you have a seven-point swing thanks to a bull bleep uh, flagrant foul. And, dude, refs, open up your eyes. John Wall was getting pummeled out there. Y'all not going to make any calls on that? It was a great game. Toronto, they play their butts off. Their bench is phenomenal. They are a really good team. Still not scared of them, but a really good team. They made a lot of mistakes. And we were picking up on that. There were a lot of turnovers in that game on Toronto and on us. We had I believe like thirteen or fourteen turnovers, but they had like seventeen. It was ridiculous. Number one seed, really? Seventeen turnovers? Man. Uh we we had that and it slipped through our it slipped through our hands. Uh Gortat didn't play well enough. Mahimi didn't play well enough. Uh basically, yeah, the big men. We, the our biggest problem was rebounding. They were out rebounding us a lot. And yeah, Markeith Morris is doing great, too, but he's a little bit injured. We'll see what happens on Tuesday, but I felt a little bit ripped up. We'll see y'all on Tuesday, you damn dinosaurs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, of course, game twos can change, and, you know, in the series, you can have a mm-hmm. bad game, but you it's not the NFL. Uh, it's not college football. You have to beat a team four times or three times depending on the series length but of course let me go through some of the series as full the boston celtics uh defeated the milwaukee bucks in the first game of the uh, first round series uh big al horford big time big man 24 points 14 rebounds uh countered uh Giannis, who is a beast who just is Giannis, but okay uh, the Celtics escaped with a game one victory. Uh, how emotional that game was, and how I witnessed it. Um, well, I got I was at work. I caught the second half of it. Uh, who in my when I was texting my friend, I said, whoever wins this game one is going to win the series. It's too emotional by both ends. Uh, it felt like Boston just ripped the heart out of Milwaukee. And usually, when that happens in a series to start off the series, it it's really devastating results for the lower seed. Uh, We continue on the Eastern Conference, and the shout-out to the Indiana Pacers saying, Nay, nay, LeBron, your ninth trip to the NBA Finals will not happen this year. Well, that's only game one. The Indiana Pacers go into Cleveland and smack down the Cleveland Cavaliers, 98 to 90. LeBron was a one-man show, but too much of Indiana was just what the doctor ordered. Also in the Eastern Conference, oh hum, Philadelphia destroyed Miami. Then we go to the West, Golden State wins, Houston wins. Oh, no, Golden State wins, Houston plays tonight, correction.
0: Yeah, they beat San Antonio pretty badly. That was an ugly game. So it
1: was tonight, right? They already played San Antonio?
0: Yeah, they they played game one already, if you can call it a game. By the time it's the fourth quarter, I think it was like, 80-something to 60-something. It was, it was pretty bad. Uh, Popovich actually went out to the media and I can't believe it. The team was like a deer in headlights. It's like, oh, man, you just addressed yeah. your team in front of the media. Oh, uh, one other thing. Uh, you were talking about Philly just now. Before we skip over them, dude, I got to tell you, they're looking phenomenal. i I'm calling it right now. I think that they are a dark horse, even though they're very young and experienced in the playoffs. Putting up 130 points, dude. Look out for Philly. Look out for Philly. Yeah. I know you don't want to hear that. Yeah. But don't worry, we can move on to the next game. <laughs> I I, I'll, I'll, start, the props props. I'll start. Props as
1: props.
0: Yeah, I'll start recognizing
1: Philly when they win Game Three or Four down in Miami. I want to see Let's what that team up. does on the road in the playoffs. Sure. So All right, but the other that. yeah, but the other series, which is a shocking result, the New Orleans Pelicans steal home court advantage through over the Portland Trail Blazers, which is very stunning. Uh, because I did not see that happening. And Portland does have history of losing playoff series when they lose game one. There was an interesting stat on ESPN earlier today about Portland in the last 20 playoff series at Portland was the host series, meaning the higher seed. They lost seven series when they lose game one. The other Ooh, series, they won. So 13 series they've won game one. They went on to win the series. Seven series when they lost game one, being the higher seed, they have lost the series. It's going to be hard for New Orleans to go into. It's going to be hard for Portland to go into New Orleans and win the series. In my opinion, uh, it's a shocking loss, but the series is not over. It's only game one, and things can happen. Because I could tell you, sports fans out there, as a beloved Red Sox fan, I was. Back in the day, if you told me that the Boston Red Sox were going to come back and beat the New York Yankees in the seven-game series, I would have told you that you are fucking lying. It's not going to happen. Down 3-0. What happens? You just need to find a way to win one game and get it to the next. It almost happened in the NBA twice over the last 15 years where two series went – we're down two teams. We're up three nothing in the series. They end, they eventually won the series four to three, but the opposing team won game two or game four, game five, and game six, of course, game seven. Those are the series that are gonna be very ent- entertaining to watch if it happens. Big time. Those are always the uh, best ones. Yeah, it's game seven. Usually you don't see a lot of game sevens in the first rounds, but Big time win for New Orleans. They still home court. But out of the eight playoff series in the NBA that's going on, I really want to say that the series to watch out for, for people out there, it's like, I don't know what NBA playoff series to watch. I don't want to watch Houston and San Antonio because that looks like a, a, broom, a broom about to be happening. If you don't understand that metaphor, it means someone's going to get swept in that
0: series. Unfortunately, um, I didn't even hear the metaphor. It kind of cut out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The metaphor is about a broom getting swept. Sweep, sweep, sweep. Clean, clean, clean. Say uh, Houston's going to kill it. Yeah. They're going to kill it. I
1: say the playoff series to look at, if you want to follow an entertaining six- to seven-game series, Western Conference, I think it's going to be Portland and New Orleans and Oklahoma City and Utah. And the Eastern Conference – Boston to Milwaukee is going to be a very entertaining series. That series may go six games or seven games. It's going to be an entertaining series, but I tell you this to the people out there. If Boston goes up 2-0 in this series, don't go out there and say, this series is done. It's over. Boston is not winning a game in Milwaukee. Just telling you guys, and I'm a Celtic fan. Boston's not winning any game in Milwaukee. I do see the Celtics advancing in this series in seven games. That means they're only going to win. They're they're going to win their four games at home, and the other Eastern Conference series to keep your eye on that I think will be intriguing is will this be the will this be the end of the road for LeBron James against the Indiana Pacers? I don't think so, but getting select on your home court, 98 to 90 in game one is not what you like to call inspiring to get back to the NBA finals. And besides any NBA fan who's watched the NBA over the years knows that this Cleveland Cavalier team right now that LeBron James is on is possibly the worst team has been on since his rookie season.
0: Mm, Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I I would probably say maybe the worst since the one that faced uh, San Antonio in the finals and got swept. I mean, he, he carried that squad. No disrespect to those players. Everybody does their job, but at the end of the day, LeBron was clearly the guy on the floor, but he didn't have his Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman. You know, He didn't have the worm there to help him out with some rebounds, and they got killed. Uh, I personally think LeBron definitely leaving. I, I think that he's probably going to go somewhere else. Maybe L.A. A lot of people are talking about that. It would make sense. He has a place out there. He, you know, films movies every now and then, does a few cameos. There's a lot more opportunities for him. And at the end of the day, uh, with Cleveland, I mean, he fulfilled his promise. He said that he was going to bring a ring. He was going to bring a championship to Cleveland. And he did it. He doesn't know that city anything else. And if the city, you know, starts pouting about it, I mean, come on. You got a championship. The guy came back. You can't ask for more than that at this point. And besides, they had a giant fire sale before the, the trade deadline. So many trades. It was crazy. That doesn't show stability. That shows like you're trying to keep a Ferrari together with some duct tape. You're trying to make a whole bunch of quick changes. And they weren't, I mean, they were good, but they weren't as good as their potential was if, they, if everything had worked out with IT or heck of Kyrie state is leaving.
1: There's a good chance LeBron is as in what you said is leaving. Um, but tonight I looked at the uh, as as we speak right now. I just, you know, I'm, I don't have my internet on on my TV or Xbox, so I'm not killing the the feed. And we do know, ladies and gentlemen, that the feed does not sound crisp today. There is a there is some heavy and slash bad weather on the East Coast, so. Uh, we have no control over that. Uh, But the Eastern Conference playoffs, in my opinion, are very intriguing. Now, I say this to a lot of fans out there uh, who are NBA fans in general who have always said over the years that, oh, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Miami Heat, whatever team he was on, they're going to be in the NBA Finals. The Eastern Conference is already settled. You know who it is. If Cleveland gets knocked out, By the Indiana Pacers this year The Eastern Conference Is wide open Meaning the Philadelphia 76ers The Boston Celtics Even without Kyrie And the Toronto Raptors Are legitimate And I can't leave out the Indiana Pacers If they did knock out The Cleveland Browns Oh, Cleveland Browns.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> Cleveland easy, Cavaliers.
1: It's <laughs> a punching bag. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns in playoffs? Man, you are smoking something. Uh, I would like to see even it. The Pacers, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Sixers are all legitimate contenders to make it to the NBA Finals. But who awakes them in the NBA Finals? Most likely the Golden State Warriors or the Houston Rockets. So that would be one, two, three, and good night. <laughs> four games right there. So as a fan, as a Celtic fan, I would love to see the Celtics make it to the NBA playoffs. Or they are in the NBA playoffs, excuse me. Uh, the Celtics make it to the NBA Finals. I will be, you know, ecstatic that they did. And it just makes me wonder, what if we had a healthy Gordon Hayward and a healthy Kyrie Irving? That would really, you know, that means the Celtics are literally one step closer to being a legitimate threat for the nba crown but basically a lot of the game ones are going final today and uh very intriguing i do believe four series are going to be interesting to watch one series i think will go seven games and that's my series against the boston celtics and the milwaukee bucks and i'm a celtics fan so i think that series is going seven because i just don't trust this celtic team without kyrie irving but they proved me wrong today, so big win for the Celtics. They do win game one of the series and take a, a one-game-to-nothing lead. And an interesting side note stat for you fans out there. When the Boston Celtics, this is going to be kind of a little homerish. And And, uh, well, damn it, nope. it's, you know, it's stats. And I know a lot of you guys out there who are listening to this podcast, thank you, by the way, can't stand the Boston region teams. Uh, but I'm going, just, I'm going to just gloat in this statistic The Boston Celtics, after winning Game 1 of any playoff series, that is quarterfinals, semifinals, conference finals, NBA finals, when winning Game 1, they win the series 77% of the time. That is an NBA-leading record. The closest team to that is the Los Angeles Lakers at 71%. But that's basically because both of those teams have been dominant when over the years. Well, one one franchise has 17 NBA championships, the other has 16. So stats don't lie. Usually technically no matter what series you're in, hockey, major league baseball, NBA, you win game 1 of a series, there's a good chance you win that series. The numbers don't you know, the numbers don't favor the team that just lost game one, but they favor they won the game two, uh, Game first game. But for the teams that are down 0-1, their chances of winning this series dramatically decrease if they go down 0-2. There are still zero teams in the NBA to ever come back from a 0-3 deficit. Zero teams. The question is... Oh. The question is, question is, you have to win a game in the first three games of the series. If you go down 0-3, that's pretty much putting the nail in the coffin. And usually game four is just a send-off game to your fans saying, hey, it was a great run. We're going to give you a win. Or we're going to go to game five and the season's going to be over. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of teams like that. And I just have a feel that over the history of the NBA when a series is the best of seven, and that team's down 3 The team that's up 3 usually gives the other team that final win at home so they can say goodbye to the fans. Um, but basically,
0: I don't know a lot mm. of people don't believe that. I don't know about that. I kind of got to call shenanigans on that one myself. Oh, you're I'll a Wizards fan. So. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we're jaded, of course. <laughs> but at the same time, I just don't see the logic of wanting to give another team the of hope to try to come back because it's like you create a monster there. Oh, here, enjoy your win. Yeah, and then they get it. But and then all of a sudden, that, that lights the fuel that you know catches fire and they could come back theoretically. But like you said, yeah, nobody's theoret- come back down
1: 0-3. Yeah, but theoretically that means you're still going to another you're going back to that team's house for game five. And theoretically 79% of the time, a team that's down 3-1
0: in the series is losing game five. That's not a good well, set. I'm always in the mindset, you drown them out. Oh, you sweep them? Too, so, you know, too bad. You know, They don't get a win at home, whatever. You got to sweep I remember, there's a, you go I remember to kill. reading
1: this article. That's a, the reason why I brought this up, the Boston Globe had an article. They interviewed Kevin Garnett, and they were talking about the, the series against the uh, Miami oh. Heat. Not the Miami Heat, excuse me. Uh, the Indiana Pacers back in 2009, um, they played a best of five, best of seven series and they were up 3-0 and they lost game 4 by like by 13 or 14 points and in the interviewed so about the loss of the game and Kevin Garnett legitimately said uh said that they shut it down in the fourth quarter cuz they knew they were going back to Boston for game 5 and they said you know we just want to you know you know regroup the game was out of hand and and what happens when they went back to game 5 in Boston and they just blew out Indiana by 20-some-odd points. So some teams do. They don't technically let the other team win. They just, you know, they either if they're losing with like eight, nine points with like a minute left in the clock, they know they're not coming back or they're down even bigger, 12, 13, or maybe 14 points. A lot of teams do shut it down. They like, say, hey, tap the, tip the hat, let these guys have their moment here it, and just say, hope you enjoy it. It's your last home game because we're not coming back here for game six. So, teams do do that. Dude. They do shut it down. They don't technically give the game away. They're like, you know what, they got this one. We're going back to our building in game five. So,
0: Yeah, I guess I could see that. It's kind of like in football when you just put in your bench players and you just kind of run the clock I guess that's the exception to the rule. I just feel like most teams would just rather squash their opponents. Yeah, don't give him a chance to come back. But uh, what's been going on in the NHL for our hockey fans out there? Besides well, the choke it alls, blowing another game one. <laughs> uh,
1: if you were listening to our Just Bring It po- uh Just Bring it Wrestling Talk on Thursday night, the when we came on air, the Washington Capitals were up a commanding five to two lead at the time. Four nose, four to two lead at the no.
0: time was oh, actually. I uh, thought they were up by two goals. Well, it was two to one. Then it became three to two. And there was, yeah, it was like maybe it was five minutes left. left. Yeah, it was, it was the, three the, two to two. And Columbus to scored the
1: last two to take
0: the lead. Yep. Well, in overtime yeah. as well. And, and I called it. I said the Wizards or <laughs> the Wizards. The Chocodals or the Capitals. They were up three to two. There's maybe what, five, eight minutes left in the game. And I said, you know, Capitals are going to find a way to do it. They're going to find a way to choke it away. Going to go to overtime, and they're going to love it. And after we got off the air, looked up the score. What was it? Blue Jackets four, Chocodols three.
1: Hmm. That series is currently going on. That was game one. The Columbus Blue Jackets uh, take game, yeah, game one. Game two's on right now. Game two is currently going on. But in the other parts of the Eastern Conference of the National Hockey League, the Pittsburgh Penguins bounce back and shut up. The city of Philadelphia for at least one day, um, dominated fashion five to one. Even though, vice versa, game two was a dominated fashion by Philadelphia. Game one was a five dominated one. fashion for Pins- uh, uh, Pittsburgh seven to one, uh, nothing. So basically, here's the scores of this series so far: Game one, Pittsburgh beat Philadelphia seven to nothing. Game two, Philadelphia beat Pittsburgh five to one. Game three, Pittsburgh beat Philadelphia five to one. So technically, Game four, Philadelphia will win five to one. So it'll be back and forth. Uh, very high scoring, fair in that series. You really can't see. It's I, I watched uh, the highlights. Those type of series, right there. Sorry that I took a shot at Philadelphia, but easy Philadelphia. Not every damn team in your city is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yeah, that's a little hatred from back at the Super Bowl, yes, but act like you've been there. <laughs> act like you've been there. Oh, wait, you really are. have never been there. You just got lucky one year for one time in, in for the city's uh, history. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Grudal. Uh But – but the Flyers will be eliminated in this series uh, because Pittsburgh just stole back home court, a uh, home court, home ice advantage. Uh, for for the Flyers to have any chance in this series, they have to win Game Four. If they do, it's two-two going back to Pittsburgh, and that means it's good. And then it goes to a best-of-three series. Uh, Pittsburgh wins game four. This series is over in game five. It goes back to Pittsburgh. They're losing. The other Eastern Conference uh, Finals, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Series is the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New Jersey Devils. Jeez, Louis, this is a – Uh, blowout affair in both matchups. Tampa Bay is just abusing New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey was the last wild card in the Eastern Conference. It's basically the eighth seed if they were in the old format. Tampa Bay is a hell of a team. The two best teams – in the Eastern Conference belong in the same division with Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were separated by one point in the regular season. Now, of course, let's get on to those little Bruins. They really do nothing. They just play hockey because we're original sixth franchise, and we just love beating down our rivals. First game, dominated fair over the Toronto Blue Jays, 5-1. Game two, oh, hum, hey, another baby. dominated fair. <laughs> uh, that, what did I, I say? Blue Jays? Yeah. <laughs> the Maple, Maple Leafs. Leafs. That was ugly. Leafs. I saw some of those fights. <laughs> the Leafs, Blue Jays, them. Raptors, Toronto FC all your organizations of Toronto Stink. Uh you got beat again <laughs> seven to three uh in game two. Complete dominating fair. Uh, the Boston Bruins have outscored the uh Toronto Maple Leafs 12 uh twelve two four in the series and that's only two games series goes back to toronto for game three i do believe toronto wins game three the bruins will win game four win the series in five i've always said the bruins will win in five the western conference is a bunch of chaotic mess uh anaheim la interesting series uh anaheim i think is up one nothing la and, and vegas is interesting uh, Colorado's down o2 uh the wild in Winnipeg uh Winnipeg is up two o uh the Western conference is not as intriguing as the East is because there's besides from Anaheim and l a there's really in San Jose uh crap Anaheim and San Jose are playing I get confused and Las Vegas is playing l a besides mm,
0: yeah, those the, Kings teams, and the
1: golden Knights in the wild and Winnipeg, there's no traditional rivals battling each other in the Western Conference yet uh, until m- they're maybe in the next round. But the Eastern Conference, you have traditional rivals facing off against each other, uh, teams that have history against each other like Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Pen- Pen- they call them the Pennsylvania War, East versus West. Uh, Toronto and Boston, traditional powers. Tampa Bay playing New Jersey. I don't understand how – I don't like how the new format is in the NHL. But, hey, it's the playoffs, and if you watch playoff hockey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, every game is exciting. Um, It pretty much makes the regular season really meaningless, even though it's not. Uh, Basically, besides from the capitals not capitalizing – the NHL playoffs are pretty much uh, the NHL playoffs are almost to a point where I'm predicting because of my bracket, my little bracketology or bracket that I fill on NHL.com. Um, as a I still have the Caps, I have the Capitals making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, taking on my Bruins, which I have the Bruins oh. beating the Capitals in a seven-game series. Um, but besides from that. Hockey is different from the NBA where home ice advantage really doesn't mean that much because you don't get, like, the little ticky-tack fouls like you get in in the NBA. Yes, home court advantage is awesome. Home ice advantage is awesome. But hockey is just a different sport than the NBA. It's like the NFL playoffs. You can go on the road and beat somebody in the NFL. You just know if you out, if you run the ball, don't make any stupid penalties, and you just play your game, you're going to win the game. Usually you do that in the NBA, but in the NBA you get a lot of those some whistles that happen for the superstars like LeBron and Kobe and Kyrie and Steph Curry and John Wall and you know Dwayne Wade. You know those phantom calls. Well, all fans, we've seen it. In the hockey, you really don't see that because when there's actually penalties, that happen on hockey. Someone's hurt because <laughs> when they come, when they do, when they make a penalty, it's like, hey, this is going to be too minutes for something. I'm gonna make it legit. They don't blow phantom whistles in the NHL. And that's one thing I love about the NHL compared to the NBA and the NFL. There's no phantom whistles, and home court advantage is awesome. You, that's a key in the NBA. Home field advantage in the NFL is key because most likely if you, you're home, you're going to win because you, you want to be in front of your home fans. Same way in the NHL, home ice is nice, but it's not the determining factor because hockey is just such a fast sport where it can switch on a dime. And we're only just past a couple of game twos here, and we're reaching record goal scores in the second, in the second game of the series. That's awesome, and hockey is entertaining. If you don't watch hockey, go watch it. Just go watch a game in the playoffs, and I guarantee you get instantly hooked, especially if you watch the NBC broadcast. Um, those guys are – NBC does a very good job of broadcasting the NHL, and I wish they had the NFL completely, but they don't. Uh, besides from that, I'm enjoying the playoffs right now. Yeah, maybe because my both my teams are leading their series. Um, Not because of that, because when the Celtics get eliminated, because I do think it's going to happen either in the first or second round, uh, I'll still watch the NBA Finals. I love watching the NBA Finals every year. It would be nice to see someone else in the NBA Finals besides the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I really do think this season is that year. NHL, i will love to see my Bruins, but if it's not going to be the Bruins, I'd like to see the Penguins in there again. Uh, because I just like I like Crosby, he's a damn good player. Maybe one of the best <laughs> hockey players in this modern era. I know you hate him. Uh, hopefully, uh, if Ovechkin can finally get over the hump, it'd be nice to see him there. And um, <laughs> hell, if uh, Boston if Boston loses, I'm jumping on that Las Vegas bandwagon because apparently everyone else who's not a hockey fan when they go and join hockey, they're in a the Las Vegas fan. Uh, they're doing some incredible things there for an expansion franchise, the number one seed in the Western Conference.
0: That's awesome. So it is shocking.
1: Yeah, it's it's incredible. Postseason, I love it. Even NBA and M- NBA, NHL, whatever. Postseason is great. Uh, only wish that major professional soccer leagues like the EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga, they learn how to adapt a postseason, but they'll never do it uh, because they don't they don't believe in the playoff
0: like we do. It's points, points, points. That's what it all comes down to. And what yep. the heck was Manchester United doing congratulating Man City on a championship? Ugh. Just because they won doesn't mean we have to be really nice about it. We're Manchester United, man. Yeah, Ugh. but you're
1: second grade to City this year.
0: That is true. Uh, they've well, been Man City it the won the first ten years. matches of the year. It was crazy. Now, they, they put themselves up with so many points, it was impossible to catch up. I'm amazed that Man United was even able to keep it, like, this, this close for this long, because today was the official day that they clinched the title. And we lost to West Brom, I believe it was. It's like, really, man? Are uh, there any West uh, Brom fans out there? Sorry. <laughs> well, man, it's looking like uh, we're running out of time here, if not already have. Basically, basically, this is what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Go watch... NBA playoffs, NHL hockey, come listen to us on Sundays, get some in-depth advice, maybe because you you may think, hey, J-Dash, you're one arrogant mother effer. Well, you know how you stop me? You get my teams eliminated, then I'll go as well as my teams. But besides from that, hope everyone's having a good weekend out there. And I'm sorry that we don't have a lot of NFL news, NFL news, XFL. I I just looked on my Twitter and the first thing that popped up is that we're two weeks away from the NFL draft. So basically in two weeks, we actually be talking about some legit football news. We may be going looking over some draft picks, Uh, see what players are in certain situations. But besides from that... Really, no XFL news. We're gonna try and keep you updated on XFL news and other sports-related information that deals with XFL, via like trades, rumors, news, cities, teams, logos, merchandise, etc. But we do want to thank you for downloading today's episode. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter at XFP Podcast and. My co-host to tell you where to find us on YouTube so you can catch us on YouTube if you do not have those other
0: downloading podcast
1: services.
0: That is correct. I am in the process of uploading all of our podcasts up at Wrestling Movie Guy. Just look up Wrestling Movie Guy on YouTube. You will find me right there. Click on it. Find the playlist. And voila, all the podcasts are going to be there. It takes a while to upload them all, though. So it's taken me a little bit to get them up, but I got a couple. If you're already hearing us, then you probably already heard those. But if you got friends, like you said, or if you're listening to us and you're doing it through YouTube, maybe, you know, leaving a little Easter egg for the future. If you're listening to this in the future and you're seeing it on YouTube, thank you. Uh, yeah, guys, make sure you follow us at Wrestling Movie G. At XF Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Wrestling Movie Guy. There will be more stuff coming out soon. And with that said, I think we're uh, just going to get your wrestling fix. Of course, Wednesdays slash Thursdays, we go back and forth on it. But we every week, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. So to you wrestling fans, don't forget, we still got that coming. And now, I think we're set. <laughs>
1: So you know where to find us. You know where to watch us. You know where to tweet us. You know how to get interactive with us. Interactive, interactive with us. Interactive. Contact us. Message us. Tell us what you want us to talk about. It's up to you. We'll be back Thursday for just bring it wrestling talk, and we'll be back here on Sunday for some more XFL news. That's the wrestling movie guy. I am J Dash. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and go watch some NBA playoffs slash NHL hockey playoffs because it's a very exciting first-round action, and this is just the start of it. We'll be back later in the week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the Dog Days of Spring, Episode 8 of the Extreme Football
0: Podcast. Take it easy, guys. (sighs) I'm touching myself tonight.